Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Appreciate you joining us today. Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse number 25 is where we'll begin today. We are on the stairs of the temple. Uh, Jeremiah is preaching a message there at the gate of the temple. It seems as if nobody's listening. People look good. Uh, They sound good. Uh, They appear to be worshipers of God. But God sees so much more, doesn't he? And God is scoping into their lives in and through the, the, the ministry of Jeremiah, saying, I see, I see, you're a den of thieves, I see it. And uh, I, I see the, the error of your ways. And don't think for a moment, just because you played this religious game, don't think for a moment that just because uh, you are bringing your sacrifice that I'm impressed. Matter of fact, you can just take your sacrifice home with you, eat it. Have some more to eat because you're not impressing me. I see your heart. Jeremiah, don't pray for them. I know they're not going to listen. Their hearts are hard. Judgment's coming. I mean, this is what we've been talking about. So these are some pretty stiff words uh, that God is giving through Jeremiah about these people. Look at verse number 25. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day. So... Let's, let's think about that for a moment. So from the day they came out, out from Egypt, so that would have been back in the 1400s BC, until this day. So this would be the early 600s BC. So that would be 800 years. Wow. 800 years. So, so for 800 years, since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day... I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. So there might be on the part of God's people almost this idea like, well, why now? And Lord, why are you doing this? Give us another chance. And the Lord's like, I've been telling you this for hundreds of years. I've been on your case now for hundreds of years. I've been telling you to get right. Uh, it's not like I'm just now at the very end saying, oh, and by the way, you should have. See, a good parent is one that trains their children from the early days. Uh, a good parent is one that trains their children when they're small and, and is consistent all the way. That's what God has done. God has been a good parent. Look at verse number 26. Yet, in spite of God's stellar child rearing, yet... They hearken not unto me. I've spoken all these years for all these centuries with all of my prophets. I've been so consistent, yet they've they've not listened. They have not hearkened unto me, nor inclined to their ear. It's not they haven't heard me and they haven't wanted to hear me. See, there's two parts of it. They haven't heard me and they haven't wanted to hear me. They're, They're not wanting to hear me. They don't incline their ear. See, it's one thing to hear. 
audibly. It's another thing to, to want to hear. Sometimes we go to church and we hear, but do we want to hear? Are we listening to hear? Are we bending our, our, our hearts to hear? Is there an inclination to hear? That, that's the point. They've not hearkened. They've not inclined their ear. Then the Bible says, but hardened their neck. I mean, they are stubbornly set in what the direction they want to go and the decisions they've made and the things that they want to do and the priorities that they have. They have hardened their neck. It reminds me of that passage in Proverbs, I think it's 29, where it says that that he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. See, when there's a hardening of the neck and yet God continues continues to speak and continues to speak and continues to speak, then eventually the only thing that's left is destruction. That's what's happening here. They've hardened their neck and did worse than their fathers. They did worse than their fathers. This is becoming not better, but worse. You would hope that generations would get better. You would hope that as the generations progressed, there's more history of God's goodness, and there's more understanding of God's word, and there's more time to savor God's uh, God's grace and protection and, and favor in our lives. But as the generations are unfolding, things aren't getting better. They're getting worse. They're worse than their fathers. And that goes against everything that we dads, and I'm a dad and I'm a grandpa, but it goes against everything that we want for our children. We want them to be better than, than us. Uh, we want them to have more opportunities than we have had. We want them to have greater opportunities. We, uh, With my kids uh, raising them, I want them to have more than I could ever have in, in every good way. Uh, and why is it that in so many cases, we want more for our children in all the physical areas? Like I want them to have you know, I don't want them to struggle like I did, or I want them to be a better student or a better athlete or a better whatever than, than, than I was. And yet when it comes to what really matters, and that is spirituality, sometimes that's our greatest failure of all. A, a desire for our kids to know God better, to serve him more, to more be deeply affectioned toward his word and be closer to him in prayer. These ought to be our desires. And yet the Bible says in this generation that the kids were worse than their parents. Now you do that for a few generations and you've got wholesale apostasy on your hands, don't you? Because all it takes is two, three generations for a great grandchild not even to know the faith of his great grandfather. That's how the devil attacks best, by the way. He attacks best generationally because Christianity I mean, in theory, is only one generation away from extinction. That's why the Bible talks about the end of the Old Testament, Malachi, that the, the hearts of the children, the hearts of the fathers, they weren't connected. And that's a dangerous thing because when Christianity can't make its way into the next generation, then it becomes neutralized and then forgotten. And we can all tell stories about that. Ever wonder why the Bible talks about influence onto the third and fourth generation? 
because that's, that's generally the influence that a person has physically in their lifetime that I'll know my grandkids. I have grandkids now, and I'm hoping that I'll know my great grandkids. I'm hoping I'm young enough and healthy enough that when my grandchildren have children, that I'll know them. My, my parents, uh, my, my dad, mom, they know their great grandchildren and they have influence and that's a good thing. But is it a good thing here in this day? Because the Bible says that the children were worse than their fathers. Verse number 27, Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to them. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. So this harkens back to what God had told Jeremiah at the very beginning of his ministry. And this is very similar, by the way, to a message Jeremiah preaches in chapter number 26. Some people think it's the same message, just re-recorded. But whatever the case, God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you're going to preach the truth. You're going to tell them the things I tell you to tell them, but they're not going to listen. You're going to call out to them, but they're going to disregard you. They're just going to walk their way. That's a very frustrating thing when you call out. People don't answer. They don't respond. They don't listen. Verse number 28, but thou shalt say unto them, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God. Think about that. Jeremiah, God says, they're not going to listen to you. When you call, they're not going to hear. But but you, you're going to say to them, this nation doesn't obey the voice of, of God. Now think about it. When... They don't obey the what? Didn't say the word of God, said the voice of God. And that's very personal because a voice is personal. You think about the people that you love the most and that are closest to you. There's just something about their voice. Maybe you've been away from them for a while and you hear their voice on the phone. That That's special. So God says, Jeremiah, they're not going to listen to your voice, but tell them that they're not listening to my voice. That's personal. It's personal. It's more than just saying they're not listening to my message. They're not listening to my voice. They're not obeying this whole nation. It's not obeying the voice of God. Then the Bible says this, uh, that this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord, their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished. I mean, truth is dead and is cut off from their mouth. They just don't have any compass whatsoever. Cut off thine hair, O Jerusalem. So what do you say to a people that has totally disregarded truth? What do you say to people that have that have stuck their fingers in their ears and they won't hear the voice of their God? They're not listening to their God. What, 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 what condition are they in? Well, watch what it says. Verse 29, cut off thine hair, O Jerusalem. The, to cut off the hair was a symbol of great distress and shame. That the hair was the glory of a woman, and the hair to cut off the hair. Remember when that I, I forget which which uh, which nation it was, but they they cut off the beards or half the beard of the people to shame them because the cutting off of hair, whether it was facial hair or the hair on the head, was a picture of shame. If a Nazarite, for example, who took the Nazarite vow was not allowed to cut his hair, if in some way he desecrated his vow, then he had to shave his head as a symbol of shame. 
So what is God saying to a people that have said, God, we're not listening to you. God, we don't want you. Oh God, your voice doesn't matter to us. What God says to them is you better just cut off your hair in shame. What a shame. Cut off thine hair, O Jerusalem, cast it away. Take up a lamentation on high places. The Lord hath rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. It's too late. The children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name to pollute it. You've even brought your idolatry in your heart. You've brought your idolatry into my house. There's nothing sacred for you. You you traipse into my house, act like you're worshiping me, act like you're giving to me, act like you're singing to me. But what you're actually doing is just importing to my house the things that I hate. Look at verse number 20, 31. And they have built the high places of Tophet. That would be a, a place of fire, a fireplace. They have built the high places of Tophet. A high place was a place where they'd worship false gods which is in the valley of the sons of Hinnom. We would call that Gehenna, the valley of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart. What happens when we are so away from God? We, have, we are so devoid of his truth. We have so turned our backs on his ways. Well, what happens? We get to places that, are unimaginable, like these people who are willing in honor of their false gods to offer their own children in sacrifice. Like how does a nation get to the place where abortion is okay? How does a nation get to the place where it's all right just to kind of let your kids go and let other people raise them and let other people, how does that happen where people don't have this natural affection even for their own offspring. And, and they literally, they were offering them as human sacrifices. God says, I, that never came into my heart. That's what happens when we leave God. Boy, we do things we never thought imaginable. And that's exactly what happened here. What's the answer? The answer is run to God, get right, amend your ways, amend your doings, listen to the word of God. Listen to the voice of God. Ask God to search your heart. Don't make the mistake that this generation made to their own destruction. That's it for today. We'll uh, finish up the chapter. We've just got a few more verses. I probably should have finished it today, but for sake of time, we'll just stop there in verse number 29. Hope you uh, join us again next episode. Until then, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.